This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and this is show 187. I hope you're continuing to enjoy the beautiful song that is part of our, well, the part of the beautiful song that is our intro these days, a wonderful independent artist, Melanie Horsnell. Uh, She's an Australian artist. I first met Mel 20 years ago now, uh, watching her perform at a local pub. I had just quit my career in cosmetics at the time and was wanting to do more singing and songwriting myself, and I ended up joining that pub circuit. So we became friends and we've been in touch ever since. She stayed an incredible uh, singer-songwriter. I moved into hospitality and then into creating Lotox Life a decade ago. So I'm more of a twisty-turny pivot type, um, but uh, I just love her voice. I love her poetry, and uh, if you want to hear more of her music, I suggest you head to her website, uh, so Google or Ecosia, um, which plants trees for your web searching. That's what we use. Uh, Melanie Horsnell, H-O-R-S-N-E-L-L, and you'll be able to uh, by uh, download her albums online. Uh, super, super easy, not expensive. Uh, this song, uh, The Birds, is just one of my absolute favourites of hers. And, um, and I hope you like her music. Anyway, so today is uh, me welcoming back after 102 shows, my dear, dear friend, incredible paediatrician, Dr. Elisa Song, Uh, And we're not talking specifically in uh, terms of paediatrics today. It's a broader look at a topic I'm exceptionally passionate about, especially in these times. Uh, But uh, the reason I wanted to bring Elisa on is she's one of the first doctors uh, I knew of that had shared what the research was telling us about coronavirus and what it was telling us might provide based on other coronaviruses in the coronavirus family, what clues we had already in the research that we didn't have to wait another day for improving our immune systems and improving our personal resilience and focusing on health. Now, we know, uh, you know, so many of us around the world have been excellent citizens shelter in place, isolation, social distancing, quarantining, doing all those things that, of course, logically stop the spread of one of the most infectious viruses of the the last century. Um, But in doing that, we certainly don't want to be sitting on our couch eating ice cream and never moving our bodies. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I've had a few movie marathons myself with my family. It's been beautiful. But Uh, There are things that we definitely can do right now and from today to uh, improve our chances of wellness and resilience against any viral threat, really. Uh, And there's tons and tons of research to support uh, some of the things that we talk about today. 
So while we've given you a stack of resources over the last couple of months on how to make the most of this time that you'll be spending more time at home, uh, I really wanted to do a show that uh, focused on health. <laughs> how, let's just go back to Health 101, Immunity 101, Resilience Building 101. What does the research tell us? What are some of those basic, basic things we can do? What are some of the key supplements, key foods we can incorporate uh, at a safe uh, level and, um, and, and not have to wait another day and not be scared uh, in the face of um, uh, this pandemic? Um, and really just tune into looking after ourselves. I mean, amazing. What a, what a, um, what a revelation, hey, to actually just look after ourselves. And the month that we spent down at mum and dad's recently, we're back in Sydney now, um, something really struck me. We had community ads because it was in a regional part of Australia and the, there was an Indigenous uh, community group that ran a health ad during um, the, the ad breaks on, on many of the primetime shows. And uh, their very first thing was remember to eat lots of good fruits and vegetables and then, you know, wash your hands and all, all the things that we've been told a million times over the past couple of months. But it was the first time anywhere that I had seen eat your fruits and vegetables anywhere. And therefore that really kind of, um, I guess it struck a chord and it made me realise how little we are seeing of the basic health messages in terms of getting your body healthier because we all know now, we've looked statistically at the people who have the most unfortunate experiences, either prolonged illness uh, death, of course, uh, and my heart goes out to, I know there are a couple of friends who listen to my show who have lost relatives. This is not an easy time in our world because of the accelerated nature of this virus. Um, uh, but um, no, no buts. <laughs> That's, that was absolutely the wrong word to use at that point. Uh, and and what if we could actually get away from those fear-based messages, away from feeling like we just have to sit still and wait and actually remember that we need to move, we need to nurture ourselves. Uh, and so that is what today's show is all about. It's bringing some empowerment back to the health conversations, reminding us that we don't have to wait another day to look at some of our basic lifestyle choices uh, to learn a little bit more about uh, what the research shows us with certain herbs and supplements in terms of increasing our resilience. And I cannot wait to get hooked into this conversation. So a couple of things, of course, always to let you know before we kick into this chat with Elisa. Uh, we have another week-ish with the wonderful Nubar as our sponsor. I have had some great reviews already from people making the most of this offer. Nubar is spelt N-U-E-B-A-R.com. That's their website. They're a local Australian business founded by a naturopath and business partner, so uh, for the Aussies out there, buying local, buying a zero waste product, there's no plastic used in this product. Uh, it is gorgeous and you get 15% off your first month's order, obviously just for one 
person to use. Um, you know, you can't just keep ordering 15% off over three orders, um, but it is a discovery offer if you like. So make the most of this. Your code is LOWTOXLIFE, keeping it real simple. And head on to the website, newbar.com, that's N-U-E-B-A-R.com, and enter your code LOWTOXLIFE to get 15% off your order. I absolutely love the facial cleanser. It is very, very gentle. Uh, and um, I know my husband and son are loving the shampoo bars as well. Uh, I'm My hair's a bit long. It, it's just a bit intense for bar washing. But, uh, but the boys with sh- their short hair are loving it. And uh, I just wanted to mention a, a bit of a nerdy fact about the way they produce these bars, just in case you didn't know about how the average uh, bar is made. Most are made with a soap making process. And the outcome of that is always going to produce something alkaline. So alkalinity makes the hair shaft swell and the cuticle stick out, which causes residue to remain in the hair and an increase in tangling and breakage. No, thank you. Uh, By using gentle sulfate-free surfactants that we can pH balance, Nubar has managed to achieve salon-quality hair products that feel soft and silky from the first wash. Uh, And this is absolutely what um, my family is reporting. I know a couple of you have been really happy with the bars, have found it to be much better than any competitor product in that space. Uh, So just like the gut, basically, the skin has its own microbiome. And we've talked about that with uh, the wonderful Dr. Jason Horolak. Um, And while it may not be as well researched as that of the gut, we do know that by using a product with a similar pH to the skin, around 4.5 to 5.5, the natural microbiome is less disturbed. So I don't need to give you any more reasons to uh, jump in and try this product, but I can definitely speak for the people who have sent me a note to say thank you so much for the offer. We've been really enjoying the products and to my experience with the facial cleanser, my boys with the shampoo, um, please get in and enjoy. I have to make sure I remember to place an order myself. Sometimes I end up talking about these and then go, Diane, I missed the month. So I'm going to get in there and do it too. Um, Now, what else did I have to tell you before we jump into our conversation today? Yes, uh, Lotox Club, amazing. Such a beautiful vibe building in there. We have a couple of fantastic extra guest uh, spots coming in as uh, exclusive interviews for clubbers. We're bringing Dr. Jocelyn Brewer back to talk about screens and technology um, in a Q&A format and uh, and a couple of other cool things coming up as well. We had our meal morphing uh, three-day boost, which we did over the weekend last week, and it was really great to see all the clubbers inspiring each other with different pictures of what they started with as their first meal, what they turned it into second day, and what we turned it into third day. People have been loving their resources. They get an online club dashboard. You log in, you get your May content, Soon you'll be getting your June content. So please come and join us. $49 for the year. That's it. And that's 49 Aussie. So if you're an American, that's only 30 bucks. If you're in uh, Europe, that's only like 27, 28 euros. So it's just a small low fee. It keeps 
the trolls out and all, all of the people who um, maybe shouldn't be on the internet <laughs> and it means we have this beautiful private chat space in on Facebook as well as all the extra stuff that we send out on the first of the month in your club dashboard to log into and make the most of. We're actually doing a really cool stock take this weekend on uh 10 things in your house that you cannot do without, that you absolutely love the look of, the feel of, the usage of, the practicality, the productivity that you get from this item Uh, and 10 things that you've looked around, you've gone, why have I still got that? Just as an awareness raising around um, minimizing the buildup of things we just don't need and importantly, something we talk about in this particular worksheet and exercise we're going to be doing so often people palm things off, you know, maybe they're trying to get rid of something and you say, oh yeah, thanks. And you didn't want it. You know, so it just, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what people are still finding they end up with that they do not need. And doing an exercise like this regularly really helps you not impulse buy, not kind of dilly dally in shops and see something at the counter and think, oh, I'll get one of those two. That's good value. Or I'll get two for one because that's what the offer is when you don't need a second one. Um, And uh, I always learn something when I do this exercise as well. So that's all I have to say about the Lotox Club. You can pop onto Lotox Life and as soon as you hit explore tab, you'll see join the club as the very first thing in the drop down. So lotoxlife.com and then hit the explore tab. Uh, join the club is the top thing there. Otherwise, uh, you can also check it out on the show notes. Anywho, that's it from me and I know you're going to love this chat with Elisa. Make sure you have a pen and paper ready or you have something, some way you can make notes. It's definitely a make notes kind of show. Enjoy. Hello, Dr. Elisa Song. How are you? I'm great, Alex. I'm glad to be back and, you know, how how my heart is in Australia. So I'm so glad to be here with all of you guys today. (laughs) Oh, it's brilliant to have you here. Everyone absolutely loves your work in the community. And uh, I especially felt grateful for how early you jumped on the COVID-19 bandwagon, trawling through all the research, helping us navigate what we might be able to do to do better uh, for ourselves in the face of uh, a global pandemic. Not something a lot of us have an experience with. So to have calm, practical voices out there helping us navigate it, I mean, you know, that, that has just been such a gift. And and frankly, what you've then been able to do after your own children contracted the disease, um, uh, poor little Bodhi was hospitalized, albeit briefly, thank goodness, and um, both are doing super well now. You've just kept on soldiering on with your calm, research and evidence-based sharing. And uh, I think everyone is saying thank you. So I'm going to say thank you from everyone. (laughs) It's been amazing. Oh, thank you. I mean, this is, you know, when I first was researching um, this new pandemic, it had not been uh, determined to be a pandemic just yet. Um, It was set to be one, but this was early February and we were hearing news out out of China that was really frightening. But here in the States, 
it wasn't clear how seriously should we be taking this? You know, is this really something that could hit us in the States? And I remember telling my family, okay, we are going to cancel our summer Alaska cruise. <laughs> you know, we're gonna I'm really glad there, you did that. Right. <laughs> yep. And, and we need to take this seriously. And it was really out of my own fears for my family, my children, you know, my, my patients, um, that I, I kind of dug in and did all the research that I could and really tried to bring that sort of functional medicine approach to it because otherwise you're sitting there thinking, wow, we have no control over this, or we have nothing that we can do. And we're basically sitting ducks here. And that's absolutely not the case. So I did the research as much for me as for everyone else, but you know, it was, it was amazing. I mean, that, that first article I wrote back in, February, late February, it was February 28, I remember, um, was really the, the first in-depth article looking at, at this new, new pandemic from a um, functional medicine kind of integrated perspective and a prevention perspective. And I mean, it just went crazy and exploded and literally, you know, went viral, <laughs> like no pun intended, but, <laughs> you know, within that, within we that. We can't first, use that uh, word anymore. It's just I like, know, it's right? too much it's of true. a trigger word. It's like, no, <laughs> Uh, but at this point now, it's had over 1.2 million views, and it just I'm glad how much people, parents, you know, practitioners, uh, we need actionable items, right? We can't just hear doom and gloom all the time. We need to know what can we do to be proactive, and there are plenty of people now who are willing to take those proactive steps, mm. you know, to be healthy through this. Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, made that resonate so deeply with so many people was a lot of the people who have uh, inadvertently had to find functional medicine approaches because the pure allopathic approach hasn't necessarily worked out for them for whatever they were challenged by in their health. Um, those people, because uh, I know so many of them, my community uh, is largely made up of them, are people who don't wait to find out and be told um, and be rescued. We are so used to having to build our own building blocks for health ourselves and investigate and look for, you know, good sources and well-researched um, doctors uh, in alternative approaches that we're just like, okay, bring it on. What can we do? And, um, and I think that's been uh, really amazing to, to watch so many people in a time that feels like everything's out of control is people really naturally being curious about, but so what could I do then? And I wanted to do this show with you today because, uh, and we've completely interrupted programming because as soon as I had the idea, I was like, okay, push all those people back. We're making way for Elisa. Um, because I wanted to, we're, we're through this a couple of good months now and quarantine, isolation, et cetera, is still looking very different for different people, depending on what their particular country they're in is going through. Um, and all of the government and uh, health official messages are around retreat, stay safe, stay inside, um, protect yourself, de-germ everything to within an inch of its life. Um, and while there is absolutely a place for um, that in terms of helping us slow down the numbers because it is so highly contagious, um, that's really the most frightening part about this is just how fast it can spread if we live a normal life um, and don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. Um, what the messaging isn't telling us 
is what we can do to be healthier, what we can do to build up our immune response into the healthiest immune response we could possibly have in the face of threats, what we could be doing to make sure we're getting all the nutrients we need right now um, so that we are better placed in the face of infections. Because statistically, we are far enough in this to know that the great majority, even though, of course, there are going to be exceptions like your sadly, your two gorgeous, healthy kids and the healthy 50-year-old who's never had a problem in their life. And there's always going to be exceptions. But so great the majority is that is badly affected, has some sort of underlying health condition. And it looks like from the research, we can also see that those are not necessarily uh, genetic health conditions. They are lifestyle-driven. So that just shows us how much we can do to be best placed in a global pandemic. And that is the conversation you and I are having today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that in all of this, there's been, you know, such tragedy and, uh, you know, but through this, there has been such golden opportunities to really understand the power of, you know, the right foods, the right lifestyle, the right thoughts. You know, there is so much power in that. And we have this opportunity while we are sheltering at home to, you know, if you have children to really teach them those things and actually to live those things, because we've been forced on some level to slow down get rid of the non-essentials. You know, life for many is, does feel busier than ever, because if you're trying to work from home and also homeschool your children, <laughs> you know, and figure out what hours you can actually go out and safely grocery shop. It does get to feel chaotic and hectic, but, but at the same time, we have those moments where we are spending more time with our children and have that opportunity. I was talking to you offline before that, you know, my children now, their cooking and knife skills are incredible now. And since we've gone into quarantine, um, they've pretty much been making gourmet breakfast every morning. <laughs> and Brilliant. so that is Bring something that, on. <laughs> that, yeah, we, I will take that with me way beyond COVID. And we are, as you said, far enough into this now where society is beginning to reemerge. In Australia, this is March, May 13th, you know, some of the schools are, are starting to, to go back. And in California, where I am, you know, likely not until at least June 1 will we start to see more of an opening. But we're thinking about it. And in this moment, I really, one of my challenges to, you know, the mamas in my practice, the children in my practice is to really think about, you know, after COVID ends, because there will be a post-COVID, there will be a post-quarantine, you know, what do you want your life to look like? Really think about that now, you know, and, and who do you want to be post-COVID? What kind of skills do you wish you had learned, you know, during COVID? And work on those now. This is such an opportunity that, that really we will never get again. And through this tragedy, we, can, we have this opportunity to shine and become even more resilient from an immune system standpoint and from, you know, a psychosocial and spiritual standpoint. Mm, absolutely. And um, I, I feel like also it, it, it can be counterintuitive to plan anything right now because it feels like things are so hectic when you're trying to do the juggle um, that so many homes are doing right now. But even just a little bit of journaling could be a really useful tool right now if you're finding it hard to make space. The physical act of sitting down with a pen and paper and saying, these are some of the things I've noticed that I'm loving about this time that I don't want to let go of because they're there. It's just that it's so chaotic that sometimes it's hard to identify them. So 
um, that's something my husband and I've just been asking each other, you know, at the end of the day, what, what are you loving? What's, what's working for us in this? And, um, uh, one of the big things for us has been after school activities and just really thinking about developing deep passions for a couple of things instead of running around to a bunch of things. Um, which I, I guess we had naturally started to do because kids do that themselves as they get older and our son's nearly 11, which is crazy to even say that out loud, but he is. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think I, I so agree. Thank you for calling on us to just really make sure we take that time because uh, there's lots of goodness to be kept while we breathe a sigh of relief for being able to get back out there again, hopefully very soon for everyone. Um, now, I would like to start with an immune system 101 because um, a lot of people sometimes feel like they uh, don't get what people are saying or why. And I think if you really understand how an immune system works, then that helps us understand the why of all the recommendations that are going to come after. So if kind doctor, you can give us a bit of a lesson, <laughs> that would be well, a super great and, place to start. And I think, you know, with, with SARS-CoV-2, which is a current circulating novel coronavirus that's causing the disease COVID-19, you know, we're finding out more and more every day. There is now some research to show how SARS-CoV-2 invades and attacks our cells, why all of these symptoms, right? Because we're finding it's not by far, you know, by far it's more than just a fever and a cough and shortness of breath. You know, we're finding a whole host of symptoms that if we understand the mechanisms of how SARS-CoV-2 infects us, we can understand why so many symptoms, why, you know, not just the respiratory symptoms, but the gut symptoms, you know, the nausea and the vomiting and the diarrhea, or um, the skin symptoms, the dermatologic findings, the COVID toe uh, with the bruised appearance and the swollen feet and fingers, um, the neurologic symptoms. You know, my son had hallucinations, hearing and things, seeing things, and that's being noted, and, and um, the loss of sense of smell and taste, right? So we know that it's affecting multiple systems, the kidney, the kidney uh, failure in some, and what's been frightening here in the States and you know, elsewhere in the UK, um, Italy and Spain, reports of this rare syndrome called Kawasaki disease that is now being seen in correlation with COVID-19. And we're calling it pediatric multi-system inflammatory syndrome, PMIS, because it seems to be almost Kawasaki-like, but maybe a little bit less, but there still is explanation for that. So I want to go through that because we, if we have, you know, I always say knowledge is power. And in this case, it really is because if we understand more about this virus called SARS-CoV-2, we actually can understand how we can impact, um, you know, the, the, the possibility of having a serious infection and how do we make our immune system so resilient that even if we get infected, we're going to bounce right back. You know, because at least here in the States, the estimates are that by the time this pandemic is over, maybe 40 to 70% of us will have contracted COVID-19. So right now, the idea of flattening the curve, it's been to slow things down. So if critical care and hospital care is needed, there are enough hospital beds. Flattening the curve doesn't mean that we're never going to get exposed. And I know here in the States, as we 
as society emerges, we're seeing a whole new wave of anxiety of, well, I don't want to leave the shelter and safety of my home, but we can't live this way forever. We are social beings, economically, psychologically, you know, socially. We need to be in touch with our, our community and our friends and our families and our neighbors. So this is where the, the knowledge really can help reduce that, that anxiety, help us feel calm and know how to prepare. So one thing we know is that the SARS-CoV-2 virus attaches to an enzyme, a protein called ACE2, angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, <clears throat> um, called the ACE2 receptor. It's, it's technically the ACE2 enzyme that's attached to certain cells in our body. And the coronavirus attaches to the ACE2, and that allows entry into our cells. Now, where is this ACE2 enzyme located? It's located on the cell membranes of pretty much every single organ system, but <laughs> blood vessels, right? <laughs> but blood vessels are one of the most predominant areas where we're finding ACE2 enzymes attached to the walls of arteries and capillaries and uh, veins. And that explains why there's so many symptoms, especially this newfound, you know, the strokes and the Kawasaki disease, because Kawasaki is an inflammation of the blood vessels. We find ACE2 enzymes attached to the blood vessels in our small intestine, in our lungs, um, in our livers. Now, one thing that's fascinating, though, is we know, I mean, ACE2 has become a bad word, but ACE2 is not because when you have ACE2 that's floating around in your bloodstream, not attached to cells, that actually is beneficial and associated with, with optimal health. And so, you know, if we have floating circulating serum ACE2, it's called serum circulating ACE2, that can actually act as a decoy to the coronavirus so that the coronavirus, when it invades your bloodstream, it grabs onto these free floating ACE2 enzymes before it can attach to your cells. So we oh. have that opportunity, right? That's kind of like the bad guy in a movie trying to hang on to the back of a car and it kind of <laughs> flicks it off. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So, and what's amazing through the research is we know absolutely ways to increase our serum circulating ACE2. That's there juicy. Is, yes. So there is actually a, a, an experimental medicine, but we're not going to have access to that. But there are some amazing ways to increase serum circulating ACE2. And guess what? A lot of them are free, <laughs> right? Like, like exercise, aerobic exercise. Um, just even moderate intensity exercise has been found to increase serum circulating ACE2. So we need to get out and move our bodies. For so many of us, when we're you know, sheltering at home, I've had many, many families tell me, we haven't left the house in two months. No, that is not okay. You have to get outside and move your body. We also know sleep, melatonin. You know, we all talk about the importance of sleep, but in this case, it is absolutely essential because melatonin you know, will, will increase serum ACE2 and melatonin, interestingly, has been found to be protective of the brain and support the immune system and is being given in some hospital settings here in the U.S. Oh, wow. for COVID-19, right, mm. with good results. Yeah, I remember um, you know, re reading that research when I thought I had it. Um, because I had what originally I thought was a mold flare, um, but I hadn't had any particular exposure that I could trace. And I did have this weird little dry cough a couple of days and the shortness of breath was worse than when I would feel that with uh, a mold flare. So, and then when I had started to look at the research, it's funny you mentioned the blood vessels there, it felt like I had initially had carpal tunnel syndrome, 
Um, Because I remember that from when I was in my late stages of pregnancy with a 42-week baby. (laughs) You're like, it's time to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Seb. That was really fun. Um, But, yeah, I I could feel like my vessels were sore. It was bizarre. And and so when I did the research around, uh, thanks to you and uh, Dr. Anne Shippey, who's been doing some amazing work as well, I've been following you guys and Dr. David Perlmutter. You you three yes. have been like the star trio <laughs> for me. Really generous, incredible um, research. And uh, and so I started taking melatonin, just three milligrams. And this by no means is a treatment situation that I'm suggesting anybody do this. Please speak to your doctor. Um, but that was the first night I remembered my lungs just felt normal again. It was bizarre. Yeah. It was literally, yeah. I took that little tiny three milligram and I'd been doing all my other things. Uh, but that was what really uh, made me start to feel like I was kicking whatever this thing was. Yes. I mean, you know, sleep is restorative, but melatonin, you know, what's fascinating with melatonin is, I mean, most people know it as the sleep hormone, right? It helps you fall asleep. But melatonin has so many anti inflammatory, neuroprotective, and immune modulating properties. And, you know, in terms of, of, you know, what happens with COVID-19 and we can talk about, you know, really that what happens when you do get really sick with it, with the, the quote cytokine storm, but, you know, melatonin, I, I fully believe is one of the things that help Bodhi turn around so rapidly because here in the States, we're finding there are Unfortunately, not an insignificant number of children who are, who are requiring hospitalization for COVID-19. It is still way less than for adults, thankfully. Uh, but once children are hospitalized for COVID-19, the average stay is about 14 days in the hospital. And so for Bodhi, what, yeah, so for Bodhi, when he when I brought him to the hospital, I had already. As a pediatrician, I could order an oxygen, you know, uh, tank for home with the nose prong. So I was doing that at home. So when I brought him to the hospital, as his oxygen levels were dropping, um, the only thing they did in the hospital was the very same thing I was doing at home: was give him oxygen and the same amount of oxygen. But that the night that night, I gave him melatonin, you know, three milligrams uh, for him, and I mean, within hours, he was quickly weaned off the oxygen. He bounced right back. He was acting himself because at that point he was acting, his, his brain was clearly being affected because he, his behaviors were so erratic and really frightening to me, going from you know being really goofy and spacey and laughing to being really angry and you know kind of more a little bit more aggressive. And I was more nervous about that than him needing oxygen. And well, I mean, around. I could, especially considering your specialization as a pediatrician, um, <laughs> you know, you deal yeah, with exactly. a lot of, a lot of yep. families with pans, pandas. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I was seeing it happening right in front of my wow. eyes, right? Yeah. So, so I fully believe that the melatonin helped to turn them around. And again, this is something that some hospitals are, they have, there are some trials with. Um, That's but, fantastic. You know, the, I know, right? And and melatonin, you know, is something that's so easy and readily accessible compared to the hydroxychloroquine or the, you know, remdesivir and the medications that are going to be out of reach for most of us. And frankly, if there are things that we could do at home, you know, to really support our immune systems, were we to contract COVID-19 to prevent ourselves from being hospitalized? Why not, right? So again, you know, 
Alex and I, we're not recommending this as a treatment, but it is something to think about and talk with your doctor about because we are getting more and more, more information. Um, you know, the other things that we know can enhance our serum ACE2, and this is all, you know, this phase of, of really this immune support and immune resilience is really try to reduce the amount of infectious particles in your system, right? Kind of defend yourself against this. So the exercise and, and the sleep, but also vitamin D, right? Nature's sunshine. And I know in Australia, you guys are heading into your winter, but, you know, we know the power of vitamin D to help support us and even, you know, pr prevent uh, influenza. Now, we don't have that much data on, on um, SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. However, we know vitamin D can enhance ACE2 levels, and I've been uh, recommending this from the start, but, a, but two recent articles came out showing that in hospitalized patients where they actually measured their vitamin D levels in their blood, those patients who had low vitamin D levels or suboptimal levels had much worse outcomes. And having normal vitamin D levels was correlated with, with significantly improved outcomes, shorter hospital stays, um, you know, less need for ventilators, so much better outcomes. And how so, much less of a burden on the healthcare system if a population has adequate vitamin D levels? Yeah, that absolutely. just makes sense. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that's not in our readily in our um, government messaging? Is it because it might feel like a slippery slope? You recommend one vitamin and then everyone starts thinking, oh, we don't need medicine. Like from a public health perspective, what is with that? I don't know. I mean, I wish I knew. And, you know, I don't want to uh, have too much conjecture here. But, you know, vitamin D, there's there is so much research on That's the right. benefits yeah. of vitamin D and, you know, the prevention of autoimmunity, you know, the reduction in the risk for autism and ADHD and, I mean, any immune complication you can think of. So it just, it seems like a no brainer, but frankly, you know, no one holds a patent on vitamin D. I mean, that's the total honest truth of that, right? I mean, vitamin D is, is um, you know, it's relatively inexpensive as far as supplements go. Um, so Absolutely. Um, so, you know, it really absolutely should be something that is on, you know, the public health radar that everyone, you know, not just, you know, the recommendation is for breastfed infants to get supplemented with vitamin D, um, but it should be a recommendation for everyone year long. I mean, with the epidemic of autoimmunity and chronic health disease in children and adults, um, this would be one of the, the first steps, I would think, in, in really trying to curb that epidemic, right? I mean, that's a, that's a long-standing epidemic that long after COVID-19 is over, we still are going to be faced with, and we need to wake up and figure out how do we as a society, you know, stop children, you know, infants from developing rheumatoid arthritis and Crohn's disease and pans and pandas. And so, um, yes, vitamin D, I am still absolutely 100% uh, a fan of and recommending this to all of my patients and, and to, you know, uh, to, um, you know, mamas and practitioners who read my blogs and information. But, um, you know, I would say right now, especially uh, as, you know, we in the States are entering into our summer, but as you in Australia are heading into your winter, I would absolutely think about asking your, your GP to measure your vitamin D levels and um, mm -hmm, simple blood tests. Because it can be shocking how low we are, even coming out of the summer. Uh, and it can also be surprising how much vitamin D you might actually need to take to bring your levels to optimal levels. 
um, because many of us have genetic variants that don't allow for optimal absorption. So, uh, so we may need more. Um, but that being said, you know, if you don't, um, if you don't, aren't able to get that blood test drawn, um, it, you know, it is fairly safe to have, you know, there are certain amounts that are fairly safe. And I write all, all the, yeah. the safe levels, you know, in the articles. And what do we have to be concerned about? Because I'm a, a big fan of people really understanding the full picture and that more doesn't necessarily mean more um, in supplements as well. Just because it's natural yes. doesn't mean you like double down and that's take right. <laughs> 10 times the amount because that's going to yeah. be better and I'll be safer. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at risk-wise in the research with vitamin D if we go overboard, which is why you it know, would be wise? Vitamin D toxicity is is rare, even at, at you know relatively high levels, but it can build up to toxic levels for sure. So, you know, a safe level is for adults is going to be about 5,000 international units per day. That's the safe, what the, you know, the NIH, um, you know, uh, recommends as the safe upper tolerable limit um, where, you know, really you're not going to get into any harm taking that amount every day. And that's for adults, Um, you know, uh, for children, the vitamin D council who I follow for recommendations for optimal levels, the, the typical recommendation is going to be um, about, about a thousand IUs per 25 pounds of body weight up to again, that 5,000 IU limit. Now I am always, always though a fan of food as medicine and trying to get all of your nutrients from food. There's nothing that's going to be more absorbable than food. You know, there's a certain synergy to the nutrients and, you know, the vitamins and the minerals and the antioxidants that are found combined in foods that enhance their, their immune supporting properties or gut supporting properties or brain health supporting properties. So, um, you know, with vitamin D, unfortunately, there aren't many, many food sources of vitamin. I mean, one of the best sources is going to be dairy, but I have so many patients who are dairy sensitive, right? And I, I do not want children guzzling down gallons of, uh, you know, of, of cow's milk, right? Um, but, you know, your cod liver oil, fatty fish, have some caviar, you know, bring um, it on. Mush- yeah, <laughs> mushrooms and eggs. I mean, those are all, you know, good food sources of vitamin D. So again, I mean, use food as medicine. There's really not going to be anything like it. And when you actually eat whole foods and get in that rainbow of nutrients, you're going to be going so much further in supporting your child and your immune system than, than popping any, any, you know, number of pills. Mm. Because frankly, if you, if you, are not living a lifestyle that promotes immune system resilience, it's going to be an uphill battle, right? You can't out supplement a bad diet and lifestyle. The diet and lifestyle are the foundations. Supplements, right? The word supplement means, you know, an addition. Something extra (laughs) if you need it. Yes. Extra, not a replacement, right? (laughs) Totally. And when it comes to melatonin, just to backtrack, um, am I right in remembering something about tart cherry or something? Mm, absolutely. In the tart food world for melatonin boosting. Mm-hmm. Mm, delicious. So that's why, you know, a lot of people who have trouble sleeping, I mean, one of the natural recommendations is yes, drink, drink some tart cherry juice, you know, before bedtime and that can enhance your melatonin levels. Absolutely. The other thing that's going to help your circadian rhythm is also that getting out, having sunlight during the day, right? And dark, dark, dark at nighttime, you know, so making sure that, you know, you are in that dark, that you're wearing your blue light block 
coworkers if you need to be on a screen, you know, for homework or work or whatever it is at nighttime. Um, but there are, of course, you know, many, many ways that we can, um, you know, optimize our sleep and get our own melatonin going. Yeah, brilliant. And so we've talked those key lifestyle factors. We've talked uh, about uh, melatonin and D. What are some of the things in the herbal world that can be supportive to us right now? Mm. So um, curcumin, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Curcumin, you know, turmeric, that, you know, beautiful yellow color that you see in a lot of curries. Um, Curcumin is really interesting as well because curcumin has been found to, again, increase that serum ACE2. But what's fascinating about curcumin, there's also some studies showing that it may actually slow down if the coronavirus is allowed to enter your cells, it can slow down the replication, right? Slow down how quickly it multiplies. So it can do double duty there. The curcumin is also an amazing antioxidant. And this is where knowing what happens once we get infected is, is also really important. You know, once the coronavirus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus enters our cells, we want to do things to slow down that replication so that, you know, a gazillion copies aren't made and then released. Because coronaviruses, they can't, viruses in general, they can't multiply on their own. That's the fascinating thing. They can't live on their own. They need to hijack our own cells machinery to replicate. So we want to stop that hijack from happening in the first place. And so curcumin, zinc is an essential mineral for that. Um, And then quercetin is an herb that can help enhance the action of zinc by bringing more zinc into cells. So, you know, those are, those are what's for, once the virus is in your cells, what can we do? Now, zinc, there are some amazing food sources of zinc. Zinc, uh, zinc levels are, uh, in our blood are closely correlated with animal protein intake. Um, so, you know, you can up your animal protein intake, but if you're vegetarian, you know, I have seen some kids with very low blood levels of zinc ramp up their, their zinc levels beautifully with pumpkin seeds. Um, so yeah, so getting in those pumpkin seeds, legumes, quinoa, cashews, I mean, those are all great ways to enhance your zinc. Um, and then quercetin, you can take as a supplement, that is a supplement that I've been taking very, uh, very regularly and giving to my children. Um, but also too, because it's a great antihistamine, a natural antihistamine. It stabilizes the cells that are called mast cells that release histamine. Yeah, um, one so, of the and, and one so, of my oh sorry, one of my favorite supplements is Dr. Ben Lynch's Histamine X. Yes, uh, it's absolutely. such a good product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and what's fascinating with you know, so quercetin kind of plays double duty because it can help help your cells uptake zinc so that there's more zinc in your cells. But what's fascinating, a brand new research paper out of UCSF that mapped how SARS-CoV-2 um, invades and replicates and, and try to find at a molecular level multiple points of intervention. They tested something like 79 different known compounds in the natural world and also the pharmaceutical world against this virus to see, well, what possibly could be effective. So hydroxychloroquine, that malaria drug that was, you know, that's being used in some, some locations actually was found to be one of the things that was effective. Two of the medicines that were found to be effective were antihistamines, right? 
Yeah, clomastine, which is a, an, uh, it's actually a prescription antihistamine here in the States, and cloparistine, which is an old, old medicine that actually I believe was, was first made in France and, and first uh, marketed as an, a cough suppressant, but it is an antihistamine. So it's fascinating. Right, that that mast cells and histamine seem to play a role in in this this illness too, as they do with many chronic illnesses. Yeah, right? and um, and so is that because of the what you know people have started to hear this term being bandied about, but it is an actual medical term, the cytokine um, mm, storm. Is yes. that the connection between histamine antihistamines mm. working? Or possibly a little bit different, you know, the histamine is going to be released um, with, with really any infection, even if you haven't entered into a cytokine storm yet. We know that, you know, through, uh, through the work of Dr. Robert Navio and the cell danger response, right, that, that love him, love his work, uh, groundbreaking, um, but the cell danger response can be triggered by infections, even psychological stress, which is certainly enough of now, but that first wave of injury to your cells, whether it's from a physiologic stress, like a mole toxin infection or psychological stress, will release ATP into our, our circulation and also cause histamine release. So that's part of that first wave, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. We just have to recognize it. So I do wonder whether, you know, that that mast cell and antihistamine support might be super beneficial in those early stages of infection. Um, so, and quercetin too is such an amazing antioxidant. Now I would load up. I mean, the reason partly we, Kenzie and I, we had been taking quercetin anyway, because it's so helpful during allergy season. And we're right now kind of full into the spring pollen, flowers blooming, grass everywhere, <laughs> you know, season. Um, but you can, find quercetin, just eat, eat your red apples with the skin on, you know, raw red onions, um, green tea and black tea. In fact, green tea and black tea, they have, have an a, have a antioxidant called EGCG that also was found to um, potentially inhibit replication of, of the uh, coronavirus. So lots of great things. But the cytokine storm you're talking about is the other part of our immune system that, that we need to understand. Because when we get sick with an infection, and this is not just COVID-19, this is any infection. Influenza, you know, for instance, where we also know cytokine storm can play a role in serious outcomes. Um, when we get sick with any infection, it's actually not the bug that makes us feel so yucky and sick. It's our body's own inflammatory response. You know, when, when infections start to, to take hold, our body creates inflammation as a normal response. That's why we get fever. You know, that's why we might get redness on our skin if we have a cut. It's our body's way of actually fighting whatever's going on, which is why fever is not a bad thing when we're sick. Fever actually helps us fight the infection. And in fact, suppressing fever has been shown to prolong the duration of some viral illnesses. Um, so we have this normal inflammatory response with, with these inflammatory cytokines that are produced like IL-6 and TNF-alpha and IL-1 you know, beta, which are being, um, you know, if you've been reading about COVID, you'll see these phrases, right? And these, these initials and you know, cytokines being mentioned. So in the first phases, those aren't bad. They're helping our immune system do its job. That's when we feel the aches and the pains and the fever and just, you know, terrible, the runny nose, the diarrhea, everything's trying to kind of come out. Now, 
once inflammation has done its job, what we need to have happen is the other part of our immune system, the counter-regulatory part of our immune system to come up and say, hey, inflammation, you've done your job. Let's go back to baseline. Let's be happy again. The cytokine storm happens when this counter-regulatory part doesn't come up to say, hey, inflammation, you've done your job. And when we don't have enough antioxidants on board to mop up all of those inflammatory cytokines and the inflammation, the oxidative stress is being produced. This is where our host baseline, right? Our, our immune baseline is going to be really important. That's where all of those antioxidants, you know, those rainbow fruits and colors are going to be really important because if, if our immune system is chock full of antioxidants, when we're fighting something and creating all of those free radicals inflammation, we have antioxidants to grab those free radicals up and help us get better faster. And so what are some of those most important antioxidants? Well, vitamin C, and in fact, there are many ongoing studies right now with high-dose IV vitamin C in, the, in many hospitals, even in the States, but in China as well, um, on really helping our patients with serious COVID-19 illness. Um, you know, there are studies showing that IV vitamin C in patients with sepsis for other reasons, not, not even COVID-19, but for other reasons, um, is protective, improves survival significantly. And that's what we want. Now, what if we actually had a lot of vitamin C on board to begin with? You know, what if we were eating lots of citrus fruits and spinach and broccoli and watercress? And what if we had, you know, what if we were taking extra vitamin C when we got sick? Right. Is this the part um, where we have to tell everyone to stop baking sourdough and getting into salads? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. You know, this, yes, yes. <laughs> we can have our sourdough moderation, but yeah, we want yeah. to make sure we're getting it all. It's of like the, sweeping you know, global trend of sourdough. I'm like, we need a salad trend. <laughs> I know, right. Um, <laughs> so the other thing too, that are, are uh, another really critical antioxidant when we're sick is glutathione. Right, glutathione, you know, many of your listeners will know glutathione because of how important it is for mold detoxification. But glutathione is, is our body's master antioxidant that our liver uses to detoxify, but also our immune system uses to, to you know, fight infections and inflammation. Uh, and so glutathione, you know, typically, you know, many people will need to take it as, a, as an extra supplement. There's good liposomal glutathione's out there. Um, but this is, again, get back to your salad. And what do we need? We need all those sulfur-containing vegetables, our, our cruciferous vegetables like cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli and kale and, um, you know, all those stinky things, right? Like Swiss chard and bok choy, um, but mushrooms also, garlic, onions, I mean, all of those, you know, we want to load up on. And why not do double duty, right? If you're having red onions, it's going to be rich in quercetin and glutathione, right? Perfect. Mushrooms, which we know the beta-glucans in mushrooms can be supportive during this time for our immune system. But mushrooms are going to be rich in vitamin D and glutathione. So, you know, I mean, if, if we're eating whole foods and eating healthily, a lot of these foods are going to play double, triple duty in providing the nutrients we need to support our immune system. Brilliant. So good. And such basic things to remember. Oh yeah, I got to eat right. <laughs> and I think right now, because we're under the pump, so many families are all over the shop um, some days trying to just get through the day, you know, yeah. six hours to help their five-year-old write one sentence for school. Oh. You know, there's some... I, I feel for the parents with very yeah. young kids and, and with toddlers. Tough. Oh my mm. goodness. I mean that, yeah, that is very tough. 
Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I appreciate that this might feel like the hardest time to get on the whole food train, but, um, you know, if we can maybe turn it into this experience with our kids, maybe forget the schoolwork for an hour, if it's not going anywhere anyway, uh, like get into the kitchen, make something together, explore some beautiful different colors that the kids haven't been exposed to quite so much. Um, when everyone just wants to make a meal of peace that everyone eats and move on. That's uh, right. You know, now's the time to actually get a bit more experimental uh, with your kids. And um, uh, and this yeah. is where, you know, if you have older kids, um, you know, elementary, middle school age kids, you know, this is the time your teenagers to teach them about why we're choosing certain foods and talk mm. to them about, you know, the nutrients and the foods and why during this time it's important and why moving forward, it's going to continue to be important. Even once they go back to school and, you know, have the school lunches that are maybe not as optimal or they they're sharing you know their their friends you know cheetos and you know whatever yeah, yeah. it is right so you know this is the time to teach them and i will say especially for you know my kids you know seven kenzie are, are the same age or 10 and then bodhi's eight they know covid19 is serious of course they've had it but we're not sharing with them all the scary news and, and the statistics so they're largely shielded from a lot of the panic and anxiety that adults have felt but our older kids in middle school and high school they are experiencing a significant amount of anxiety my teenagers some of my teenagers in the practice are so, so anxious about getting sick and worried about every sniffle or every sore throat. And so this is the time to teach them about how, what actionable items they can take to, to support their own immune systems and protect themselves. And that they do have some power in this and that they can make choices that will help, you know, keep them from getting very sick if they were to contract COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know you're a big fan of homeopathics. Uh, what in the homeopathic world could we be drawing on right now? So um, there are actually many different homeopathic remedies, you know, in terms of actually um, when you do start to get sick, um, you know, symptomatic relief, I think that's where homeopathy plays a big role. Um, you know, if you do start to get sick, the other, the other herb that I have been recommending, uh, which unfortunately right now in the States, it's, it's, I don't know if you experienced this in Australia, but you know when when vitamin C was recognized as maybe being I beneficial, the it's like out of stock within a, within can, an hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know so the same you know hoarding of the masks that was going on was happening is with supplements and still is. But you know hopefully uh, you will be able to find this in in Australia. It's an herb called Pelargonium. Sidoides. It's an African bush herb, long history of use for colds and upper respiratory infections and flus. Um, in, in the States, it's in a supplement called V-Clear, like virus. It used to be, I think it actually used to be even called Viraclear, but V-Clear. Um, or um, over the counter, you can find it as Umka, U-M-C-K-A, Umka Cold Care Syrup. So the, those are the supplements that have this pelargonium sinoides, and that actually has been found to have some action against human coronaviruses. Now, again, there's no research against SARS-CoV-2. It's just too new a virus, um, but I have been recommending that, that families have that on hand and start that. Um, and then as far as home, homeopathy goes, I will say the homeopathic medicines that are most relevant right now are actually not for the cough. 
there is, I mean, there's one homeopathic medicine arsenicum album that I know helps Bodie with his cough and Kenzie with her cough. Um, but, but what I think is the most helpful are the homeopathic remedies for anxiety. Because when we get sick, um, you know, if our children are sick or if we're sick, or if we think we're sick, or if we think our kids are sick, the anxiety starts to ramp up, right? And coronavirus anxiety is now actually, you know, kind of a ER diagnosis because people are presenting with this shortness of breath and feeling like, you know, like they're they're dying and choking and you know can't uh, and can't breathe. Um, and and it's it's from the anxiety. It's the panic not, attack not setting in. Yeah, the panic yeah. attacks. And and I and I can't underscore the importance of really having um, some sort of a, a, a mindfulness anxiety reduction tool. Mm. Because with Bodhi, when he was sick, and I was measuring his oxygen with a pulse oximeter, when I start to get anxious, and he would start to get anxious, I would literally see within seconds his oxygen levels drop wow three four points that is huge huge right and and i i could see this in front of my eyes right because Mm. he was being monitored 24 7 Mm. now and then i would have to muster all my strength to calm myself first right mamas you have to calm yourself first (laughs) yeah and then put your oxygen mask on quite literally quite literally for some and then Bodhi and i because we we had already you know he's he's been doing breathing exercises you know for years now you know for for kind of mindfulness we could access that so we took out our app and we did something called square breathing that belly breathing diaphragmatic breathing and we, we said some healing mantras, you know, we just, I made him stand up and say, you know, my body is strong. My lungs are strong. I'm getting better and better every day, like with conviction. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, say it again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And literally again, within seconds, his oxygen levels would climb right back up and sometimes go up even higher than what they were at baseline. How so amazing the, the to see power. that happen before your mm-hmm. eyes. I mean, you know, we, we, we go to meditation retreats. We have incredible, like the Heart Math Institute that give us essentially all this research and say, right. it's here for you. You just got to sit down and meditate. That's right. And we know, and but then when you see so that, mm-hmm. you see that on a machine with your own child, it must make you think, okay, I'm never going to say I don't have time to meditate ever again. That's <laughs> right. Sold. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, why for me and through, through all of this experience, uh, you know, this really learning how to incorporate mindfulness and breath work into your daily life is as, as important as any supplement that I can recommend, even mm-hmm. more important, mm-hmm. because this is something that you will carry with you and your children can carry with you for the rest of their lives, yeah. anywhere, anytime. Mm. Such right. a good message. My gosh. So the homeopathy though. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I know. Theater, right, we'll for, get for anxiety, right? I don't have this with me, but in fact, I was actually just telling a boy last night to take these, but um aconitum napellus. I was going to show one, but I think, you know, Argentum nitricum, I'm going to hold this up to the camera so you can see. Argentum nitricum was the one that really helped Bodhi the most because this one is the homeopathic remedy for that anticipation anxiety. He would sit there and think, well, what if I get sick? What if I, you know, what if I have to go to the hospital? What if I'm in the hospital and I don't come out? What if, what if, what if, right? That kind of what if worry, that's Argentum nitricum, right? That's the one that you need to really help 
calm your mind, right? Now for the panic attack where you feel like you're suffocating and, and that sense of impending doom and you just, your mind is just racing and, and blank at the same time and maybe you're sweating and you feel like your heart's beating super fast, that's aconitum napellus. So those two, I mean, you have those on hand because a lot of people are feeling that kind of a fear. As a mama, right, I took argentinitricum because even in my head as I was trying not to have Bodhi see my worries, I was kind of playing in my mind, oh my gosh, what if he gets sicker? Oh my gosh, what if we go to the hospital? Oh my gosh, if we go to the hospital, what if he gets worse and needs to be intubated? And I'm playing all these things in my mind. It's um, impossible not so, to. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, our dental nitricum was, was, is a great one for that. But the panic is the aconite in the palace. Mm. Amazing. So much good advice uh, that we can take today. Um, I know some people might be a bit skeptical of homeopathics and I don't think we spoke about how they work last time you were on the show. So this might actually be a really good opportunity for anyone who's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to skip past these. So just, you know, how on earth could, could that possibly work? Why do you as a doctor believe in their function um, and place in practice? Well, so I, you know, what I'll tell parents is be that, you know, when we look at what evidence-based medicine is, because that that term is thrown around all the time, right? Evidence-based medicine, right? What is evidence-based medicine? Well, evidence-based medicine is based upon the research that we have available to us, but it is also based on your clinical experience, right? So there truly is an art and a science to medicine. And I can tell you 100% that in my clinical experience, in the 15 years that I've been an integrative pediatrician, that I have seen time and again, how quickly and amazingly well homeopathy can work. From you know the child who broke out in hives after a vaccine, head to toe in in my waiting room, and we uh, you know we didn't have Benadryl, diphenhydramine. I I had Peter run to you know the the pharmacy next door to get the Benadryl, and in the meantime, I gave homeopathic Apis mellifica every ten minutes to this child, and literally within five minutes we could see the hives receding. So he never ended up needing Benadryl, right? To, you know, a, a little boy who was screaming at the top of his lungs, holding his ear in pain, you know, just, just beside himself. Um, and, you know, I, as I was looking in his ear, I said, wait one second, let me give you homeopathic belladonna. He took the belladonna. Again, 10 minutes later, calm. He's like, wow, my ear feels so much better now. And I look in and it is still raging red and bulging, but he felt so much relief, right? And then we have the studies, right? I mentioned Apis mellifica um, for, um, for uh, the hives, but Apis mellifica uh, and histaminum, you know, so these homeopathic dilutions of Apis mellifica and histaminum, when you dilute a substance homeopathically, you dilute it so much that you're beyond Avogadro's number. There's not any of that original detectable substance left, which is mm -hmm. why it's so hard for most people to wrap their mind around. Yeah, I think that's like, what it is. It, right? Isn't mm. it just sugar water? Isn't it mm. just placebo, right? Well, in these, in I believe it was four different labs, independent labs in France. They, they took these homeopathic ultra dilutions of Apis mellifica and histaminum, right? Histamine, diluted histamine, right? They bathe these cells called, our white blood cells called basophils, which also release histamine, right? 
in, in these ultra dilutions. Then these basophils were sensitized to dust mite. So then they introduced dust mite. And you know, without any histamine or apis mellifica, these basophils released a ton of histamine into their petri dishes. What each independent lab found that at every single ultra dilution, right, homeopathic dilution of apis mellifica and histaminum, those basophils were stabilized and histamine was not released, even when exposed to dust mites, right? This is, you can't have a placebo when it's uh, in a when test. When it's four tube. different labs, <laughs> yeah. In four different labs, right? Um, and I will tell you for patients who have hives or allergies, when they take homeopathic apis mellifica, they feel significant relief. Mm -hmm. um, there are also really good studies looking at uh, Arnica and wound healing. Oh, hello. I'm a Frenchie and Arnica is like, it's in your handbag. It's in the medicine cabinets in the kitchen cupboard. It's everywhere because we just religiously use that stuff. As soon as you see a child fall, if you're at a French party, I mean, it's like who can get it out of the handbag fastest. <laughs> That's right. hilarious. That's right. Uh, you know, and, and so much, you know, there is good enough evidence with wound healing that, that many plastic surgeons that I know are actually using Arnica, you know, to give to their patients after plastic surgery for, for better healing. Um, and, you know, with oscillococcinin, the homeopathic flu remedy, good studies showing that compared with placebo, um, it shortened the duration of illness significantly, you know, by days. Um, in fact, in one study looking at a homeopathic cold uh, remedy that did significantly reduce the duration of symptoms for colds, when they looked at the, the adverse effects, <laughs> the only patient that had an adverse event was the one who was on the placebo, right? <laughs> So, so anyhow, so there's evidence and I could point to more evidence, but, but yes, I absolutely agree. I mean, homeopathy was one, was one of the forms of medicine um, that I was the most skeptical about. I mean, I practice acupuncture, I use herbs, I use essential oils in the practice, of course, nutritional supplements, but homeopathy, I took a, I took a little longer for me to come around to. Um, but now that I know the, the evidence and also the clinical experience, total fan of them. Absolutely think that. So I would uh, keep an open mind, you know, when, when it comes to homeopathic medicines. Great. I think that's awesome to, to dig into that a little bit. I appreciate it. So the last question I want to ask you is around gut and immunity. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so much conflicting advice now around probiotics. There's a whole bunch of thinking that it, they were absolutely the wrong way to go or over colonizing small amounts of species is a disaster for other good guys. Like so many people are so confused, like, hold on, I thought I was doing the right thing by giving my kids a probiotic. How do we navigate, um, boosting our gut health, a for immunity and B uh, if probiotics are part of that, which I know they are for you, how do we navigate the world of probiotics? So, you know, when we, when we think about immune system resilience and immune health, I mean, absolutely, we need to look at the gut. Um, you know, with, with um, you know, we know that the gut is uh, the second brain, right? That the vast majority of our neurotransmitters like serotonin and uh, dopamine are actually made by our probiotics. Uh, we also know that the gut is, is, Part of our immune system, the you know the the tonsils that that our children have and many some of us still have, um, all our our intestinal lining is lined with tonsil-like patches, their entire lining, and those communicate directly with our our circulating immune system, uh, and and that informs us whether or not. 
something invading us is friend or foe, right? So we need a healthy immune response. And so, you know, when it comes to specifically COVID-19, we know that there are gut symptoms for many, many people. And in fact, you know, people who have the gut symptoms seem to be maybe at risk for worse outcomes, which is why when Bodhi, you know, Kenzie didn't, had only a fever and a cough. I mean, the, the, those were her symptoms. Bodhi, he first presented with fever and really, really, really severe tummy aches. So immediately, my I'm already priming, you know, this experience to be negative because I knew that that research that people with with the GI symptoms first seem to have worse outcomes. So you know, my anxiety heightened there. Um, but you know, when it so for patients who do present with the GI symptoms, I think immediately really supporting the gut. Um, I don't know if this is available in Australia, but there is something called serum-derived bovine immunoglobulin. Oh, absolutely. Um, is, uh, it's called, okay, great. what is it called? Immu, Im, immunol, I think the supplement immunol? is here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it, you know, you can actually find it here in the States also as a prescription because it's been used, you know, successfully for patients with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Um, but, and it's not the same as uh, colostrum. Um, it's, uh, it's a serum derived bovine immunoglobulin, but that can bind endotoxins in the gut and endotoxins that are absorbed into the circulating bloodstream are implicated in lots of autoimmune illnesses, psychiatric illnesses, and sepsis. So, you know, for patients who are presenting with the gut symptoms, that's one of the first things that I'm recommending to try to absorb all of those endotoxins that are being released and prevent them from entering your bloodstream in the first place. Um, but that being said, you know, if we have a healthy gut to begin with, you know, that can go a long way in, in reducing the likelihood of, of um, possible complications, but also strengthening our immune system against, you know, whatever comes our way, whether it's, you know, this infection or another infection or toxin. Um, so part of that is really ensuring a healthy gut lining. Um, our gut lining um, requires optimal levels of zinc to repair and heal. So getting in all your food sources of zinc. Um, you know, glutamine is a really important amino acid for a small intestinal lining. Um, and you can find, you know, again, proteins, amino acids, bone broth, right, which is so healing. Um, and butyrate is really important for a large intestinal lining. And butyrate, we can find, you know, cashews, pistachios, you can find food sources of butyrate as well. Now, probiotics, you know, I, I do believe that fermented foods are going to be really the ideal way to colonize our gut with, with good um, gut bugs. I mean, you're going to get so much more bang for the buck, <laughs> you know, mm. with, uh, with a, a little kimchi, juice, a little yeah. kimchi, absolutely, um, than you are with any probiotic pill. Um, you know, but that being said, I do find probiotics to be beneficial for many, especially if you have a disrupted gut microbiome and you're trying to replace some of the beneficial bacteria. You know, if you've been on antibiotics, um, you know, a, a diet that's that's not really as clean as it as an optimal as it should be. Um, stress, right? We know emotional stress changes our gut microbiome as well, um, and so I think that can be an important part. But but you know, that being said probably rotating your probiotics. I mean, with all the trillions and trillions of bacteria in our gut and the, you know, many, many, many different species that we are now identifying and the different strains of species that we're identifying, it doesn't make sense to just stick with one or two strains or even, you know, one, one per probiotic for, um, you know, year round, so varying it up. But again, you know, really trying to, um, 
more than anything, getting the soil healthy so that all the good stuff will stay. And that's where some of those soil-based probiotics, and again, those fermented foods are gonna go a long way in making sure the good stuff wants to stay and the bad bugs wanna stay out. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And I know you've got some really great probiotic information on uh, your masterclass, as well as uh, in that initial blog post you did. So we'll be linking all of that in the show notes uh, so that people can get in touch with uh, your writing on the subject and on general health, which you've been doing for years, never mind just this recent uh, challenge. Um, If there was the most important thing a family could do from today to not wait another second. What is your number one thing to make sure your patients are doing and to get them doing it? I will say the easiest thing that you could do today that will make a huge impact for the rest of your life, for your health, for your brain, for your emotional well-being is practicing gratitude. I mean, that is, it sounds so simplistic, but you know, there are studies showing that the practice of gratitude increases something called heart rate variability, which will boost our immune system's ability to fight infections and lower our stress hormone and have profound physical and immune benefits. And why do I say start with that? Because it's so easy, right? Because you can do it every day and you can actually, you can do it as a family, right? And, you know, when I say practice gratitude, I've been uh, talking to everyone about this loving kindness, you know, meditation, gratitude um, exercise that, that we've been doing as a family um, and that I've been doing every day. But this is something that if you start with this, this particular series of four sentences has been studied to increase heart rate variability and immune function and psychological well-being. So those four sentences, you first always start, right? Just like Alex said, you put your own life mask on first. So we always start by thinking about ourselves and giving gratitude to ourselves, right? Because some of the most unkind words we say are to ourselves, right? So we first pause, give ourselves loving kindness and gratitude, tell ourselves, may I feel safe, may I feel happy, may I feel healthy, may I live with ease. Then we start thinking about either one by one or in groups, your family, your friends, your community, your teachers, the doctors and nurses on the front lines, you know, anyone out there in the world. And then we extend that loving kindness out to whomever we wish to. And we tell them, may you feel safe, may you feel happy, may you feel healthy, may you live with ease. And I promise you, if you do that, you really truly do that and you sit and think, and I've done it where it's just really brief and it's just that, and that I think about me and that I go out to the rest of the world or just sit there longer if I need to and, and really individually think about everyone that I want to extend that loving kindness out to. You can't help but really come out in a different state. You know, you will come out, you know, feeling a different calm and well-being um, that can really, really move you through. But that's something, again, I mean, if you just sit there and if you're stressed and you just give yourself a little loving kindness and give others, your cortisol level is going to go down, which will strengthen your immune system, which will improve your ability to sleep. I mean, there's that ripple effect, right? So more than any supplement, I mean, do that and then focus (laughs) on the food, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And definitely focus on the food. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. That was such a great conversation. You shared so many useful tips that we don't have to wait another minute, even if we have to shelter in place for a months ahead or if there's a second wave and all the scary things that we hear about out there we can start health in our home today and ramp that up and i feel like everyone's got better tools to do that now so thank you oh thank you alex for having me this is so great to connect with you and i do hope that i will be in australia sooner rather than later so seven the kids can play and i know we, we hope we so too <laughs> yeah absolutely let's uh let's make 2021 the year of adventures yes Mm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action. Uh, and uh, there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit uh, stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written over the past nine years of writing a blog. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added and I can't wait to see where that community takes us. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus uh, Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Today